If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me this morning to 1 Kings chapter 17, back again to these texts and these verses of scriptures, 1 Kings chapter 17, and we're going to read until you're hearing verses 11 through 16. What an incredible, incredible happening in the Word of God and in the prophet and this dear widow. Amen. And I just couldn't get away without a second sermon, amen, upon these verses. Hallelujah. How many of you glad to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. Old rainy Sunday morning, it'd been easy to sleep in. Amen. We probably tempted, amen. But we overcame, hallelujah. Good to see you in the house of the Lord. Stand with me as we reverence God's word together. First Kings chapter 17 and beginning in verse 11. We welcome you to the house of the Lord. As Brother Marty said, we welcome those who are joining us by social media as well as by FM radio. We're thankful to have each one of you tuning in with us in the house of the Lord today. The Bible says, and as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, bring me. He had a request. And he said, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thy hand. The man of God, in the midst of the famine, goes to this widow and has a request and says, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thy hand. Now, we talked about that last Lord's Day, amen, and what a tremendous request that was for this particular widow, amen. And she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel. I want you to underscore, handful, amen. And she says, and a little, I want you to underscore, a little, amen, a handful and a little. Amen. This is what she has. A little oil in a cruise. And behold I am gathering two sticks. That I may go in. And dress it for me and my son. That we may eat it. And die. And Elijah said unto her. Fear not. Go and do as thou hast said. But make me thereof. A little cake first. Amen. We talked about that last Sunday, amen. You go on and do what you got to do, but first, I got a request. I want you to make me a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after, make for thee and thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. And she and he and her house did eat many days. Amen. I got something to say about that. Amen. We'll get to that in a moment. But her and the prophet and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not. Neither did the cruise of oil fail according to the word of Elijah. And what it says is, you see, it wasn't Elijah's word. It was God's word. Amen. Still is today, church. Amen. Give the Lord a hand for that even while you're standing. Amen. Still is today. Not my word, not your word. It's still 
the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. May the Lord add a rich blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Amen. As we continue to look to the Word of God and this tremendous story, this tremendous real-life event in the Old Testament between this man of God and this particular woman. I want to say that I'm thankful for those moments. Now, I want you to listen real close for a moment. I said in the beginning of this sermon... God puts people into our lives for a reason. Amen? For a reason. It's not just because it just so happened, amen, as we looked at in the story of Ruth, but God places people within us and around us for a reason. You know and I know that we are saved by the grace of God for the very glory of God. Amen? God reached down out of heaven, saved us by His marvelous grace, called us out of darkness into His marvelous light, gave us eternal life, forgave us of all of our sins through the Lord Jesus Christ, made new creatures out of us, amen, uh, resurrected us uh, from a past life to behold all things are become new, amen, uh, and made new people out of us, amen, as only the power of God could do. And God did so that we through our lives and we through our living would bring great glory to His name. Amen? Amen. If you've never realized that or lost focus of that, shame on you. Because every breath we draw, every step of the way, every day in which we live, the purpose never changes that our lives bring great glory to the very God that saved us. Amen? And by living life such a way that manifests through us the glory of God and what God can do in any life, amen, and what only God can do in any life is a witness and a testimony to all those that are around us. God puts people around you for a purpose. And that purpose is that through you, they may see Him. Amen? And you and I have to determine that we are committed and dedicated to live life in such a way that those who are around us see God in us. Have I got your attention? I want you to think and concentrate for a moment on the lives that are around you. Amen? It's kind of strange when we begin to say that, we think about co-workers. We think about people that, you know, that we see day to day, you know, that, you know, we share the coffee room with and the printing room with and, you know, that we work with every single day. We, we think, no, it's, it's bigger than that. If you have kids, nobody sees you like them. 
Amen? Nobody's eyes are set on you closer than their little eyes are. Amen? Nobody is influenced and touched more than them through your life. Day by day by day. Not just your Sunday morning life. Amen? But every day in which you live. And we have to ask ourselves the question... Are the people that is around me and the lives that matter most to me, are they seeing God through me? Amen. God put together this moment between his prophet and this widow. And it was a moment that was no different than any other moment. It was a moment to the very glory of God. Amen. And I want to take a moment, if you will, as we look at this and consider this, I want to talk to, to a specific group for just a moment. I want to talk to the believers in the house of God. Do we have any believers still left in the house of God today? Do we still have people of faith in the house of God today? People that live their life day after day after day after day, believing and standing and trusting in the promises of God. Amen. I trust that we have some witnesses today. I saw the hands, amen. I, that we still have some witnesses in the house of the Lord today that are still living life uh, accordingly. That will still live life by faith, amen. I, I want to talk to the people uh, that know and understand this morning uh, that God will provide. Amen. Just that simple. That I live my life day by day in front of my kids, in front of the people that I'm around, trusting, knowing, believing that my God will always provide. Amen. Always provide. I want to give your attention for just a moment, take you away from our text, but I want us to consider Abraham for just a moment. I thought about this as I was putting this sermon together. That father of faith. Perhaps no greater example in all the word of God of a man that lived his life. Now listen, lived his life day by day, step by step, trusting in promises that he hadn't even seen yet. Amen. Just simply taking God at his word. Willing to pull up stakes, leave his hometown, leave his home country, leave his family, and just simply follow God wherever God took him. Amen? This man lived his life on the promises that God had made to him that hadn't even come to pass. And every step of the way, he just continued trusting God. But there's something that happened that I think is most incredible in his life. If you'll turn with me already, put it on the projector. In Genesis chapter 22 and verse 8. You remember that God asked something incredible of Abraham. God asked Abraham to sacrifice his own son. His only son. To sacrifice him. To give him up. 
And Abraham, in obedience to what God had instructed him to do, he prepared, he made ready the sacrifice that God had asked of him. In absolute faith, in absolute obedience, uh, not wavering, not questioning, he just simply prepared to do what God had instructed him to do. But he said something most interesting along the way. Abraham took Isaac, some of his servants, packed up and, and took off to the mountain where, where Isaac was to be sacrificed, took off to, 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 to the sacrificial altar, if you will, and along the way, he said something that I want you to realize. He said to his son in that verse of Scripture, uh, uh, listen, in Genesis chapter 22 and verse 8, the Bible says, Abraham said, My son, God will... Stop right there. Amen. Abraham revealed who he was. Abraham revealed the life in which he lived. It wasn't put on. It wasn't fake. It wasn't something he dressed up for on Sunday morning, amen, and forgot about it the rest of the week, amen. Oh, now we're preaching. Uh, listen, uh, it was something that he lived uh, every breath he drawed, amen, uh, that he trusted uh, and he believed in God uh, and what God could do. Uh, and Abraham said to his son, listen, son, uh, God will provide. Amen. I don't know the details. And he didn't. I don't know the how. I don't know the way. All I know is that God will provide. How many of you believe God will provide? Amen. Hallelujah. Provide what, preacher? Provide what? God will provide everything you and I need. Amen. Whatever the need is, amen, God will, if you need it, your God will provide it. Amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand. Whatever the need might be, it doesn't matter what I need. You know what I need every day? I need grace every day. Apart from grace, I wouldn't even be here. Y'all done preached my funeral and moved on. Amen. You see, we don't think about that. We get up in the morning and think we got up in the morning. How many of you get up in the morning and say, God, thank you for getting me up another morning? Woo, now we're, going, now we're getting on your neighborhood, amen. How many of you go through a day, amen, huh, and close out the end of that day and say, Lord, thank you for another day? You see, we, we, we better, listen, we trust and believe that God will provide. We trust and believe that God will do, amen, huh, and we never thank Him. Thank you, Lord, for another day. Thank you, Lord, for another Sunday I can be in the house of the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for another Sunday that I can stand and preach and proclaim your word. Thank you, Lord, for another day of worship. Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It wasn't my strength. It wasn't my health that got me here. Amen. It's the grace of God. It's the grace of God. 
And Abraham said, listen, son, I, I know I, that my God will provide. And whatever is necessary, God will provide it. Now, for Abraham, it was a lamb. Abraham knew that there'd have to be a lamb in order to spare the life of Isaac. Amen. And so Abraham believed uh, that God in the rest of the verse uh, would provide a lamb for, for, the, for, for the case and for the life of his son. Amen. Uh, Abraham marched all the way to the altar, tied his son up, uh, drew out his knife when God provided. I can't preach on this without saying God provided a lamb of sacrifice for Abraham. But God provided for us the lamb, amen, of sacrifice. Hallelujah! Get the Lord a hand, amen. Uh, listen, God provided for us the Lamb, amen, uh, as a sacrifice unto us all. In John's Gospel, in chapter 1 and verse 29, the Bible says, and I love this, amen, uh, John the forerunner, amen, uh, John the Baptist saw him. It says, the next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, behold the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Woo! Behold the Lamb of God. To everybody, Bruce, that was gathered there that day, to everybody was there, he pointed to Jesus and said, Behold the Lamb of God. And then he said this, Which taketh away the sin of the world. Which taketh away the sin of the world. Whew. How incredible. God provided the only lamb that had the power and the ability to take away the sin of the world. And Greg, because of Jesus Christ, amen, and only because of Jesus Christ, my sins have been taken away. All of them. All of them. Glory, give the Lord a hand. Hallelujah. All of them. Because He made the sacrifice. He paid the price. Amen. Uh, he was willing to hang between heaven and earth. He was willing uh, to go and suffer the shame of that old rugged cross so an old sinner like me and an old sinner like you could be saved by the grace of God and have our sins taken away. I don't know that we celebrate that enough. I don't know that we celebrate that enough. You know, when I, when I thought about this, now, let me get real, let me be honest for just a moment. You see, most of us still live, because we are human, we still live under that umbrella of guilt. I did, Eric, I did some horrible things as a sinner. I hurt a lot of innocent lives as a sinner. I did some things that sometimes to this day flash across my mind and I think, how in the world? What was you thinking? That still brings tears to me. Almost 40 years later, Peggy. Those sins. All of them. Been taken away. That's a gift I didn't deserve. That's a gift you didn't deserve.
whatever, you know, a lot of sins was out in the open for me, a lot of things, but there's a lot of things that folks don't know, folks that you don't know, amen. They st- but even those that were done in secret places, as the Bible says, have been taken away. Give the Lord a hand, my goodness. God be the glory. Amen. How good is He? He provided a lamb, the lamb, that takes away the sin of the world. And my friends, that's the only way. It's through Him. Now think about that. To those who are watching us by social media or listening by radio, and to those of you here this morning, I want you to, if you don't hear nothing else I say, He is the only lamb He is the only way. He is the only method of salvation. He is the only provision God has made for your sins. And if you reject Him, if you reject Him, then you're going to still be in your sins, accountable for your sins, die in your sins, and be judged according to your sins. Amen? And that means that you're going to fail judgment. And failing judgment means that you're going to spend an eternity in a place of hell, in a place of torment, uh, separated forever and ever and ever from the bliss of heaven. The Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, Him and Him alone has the power to take away your sins. Amen? And you'll spend an eternity forever and ever if you reject Him and refuse Him. Amen? And take your chances apart from Him. Amen? The Bible makes that perfectly clear. Now I want to get back to our text in closing for just a moment. And try to tie this together. There is a moment that I kind of want to see as an opposite of how this text is normally viewed. We, we spent time last Sunday talking about the negatives of this widow. We talked about the drought. We talked about the famine. We talked about how neighbors were dying. People were dying, passing away because they didn't have enough. Because they they simply didn't have enough to sustain them. Amen. This widow woman, she is left. And she says to the man of God in verse 12. Now watch this. She said, as the the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal and a little oil. I have a handful. I've got an average size hand. But I, I realize I can only hold so much in a handful. Amen. I have a handful and a little. A handful and a little. A handful and a little. I'm going to have to keep saying it. You ain't getting it. I have a 
have a handful and I have a little. Amen. She wasn't busted. She wasn't broke. She wasn't rich. But she had a little. She had a little. Oh, now we're getting there. I got chills. Amen. How many of you say, I got a little. I don't have a lot. It ain't running over. It ain't pressed down. But I got a little. Amen. You see, it's the old thing that we call, you know, glass half full, glass half empty. Amen. To her in the beginning, the glass was almost empty. But what God wanted her to see and God, what God wants us to see, amen, listen, is the power that we have in the little that we have. Amen. In the little that we have. Little as much. When God is in it. You ever, you, ever, you ever think about, you know, God says, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. In other words, God said to you and I and to all the world, I don't operate like y'all. Amen. Now let that soak in. That's good preaching now. God said, listen, I don't operate, I don't think like y'all. I don't respond like y'all. I don't do like y'all. That's what God was saying. That means, Josh, that we have to get with God. Amen. If we have any hope of living the way God intended for life to be lived, then we have to change our method of thinking and our way of doing. Amen. That we might get in line with God's way. With God's way. See, she didn't get it. Most of us don't get it. Amen. But if you think about it, not only in the reality and the truth of the Holy Scriptures, but just in life itself. Just in life itself. How God operates and how God chooses to operate. You know, the Bible even declares in the New Testament that God chose the foolishness, the foolish things. Amen? Like, like, like old Trent Lyons. God said, I can make a preacher out of that boy. Well, that boy wouldn't even get up in front of a classroom and give oral reports in school, but I can make a preacher out of him. I can give him the mind. I can give him the gift. I can give him the tongue. I can give him the power. To be able to stand and preach and proclaim my word. Amen. The foolish things of this old world. And you see, when we realize, because we're always trying to look and find something that's in us, you know, but there is nothing in us. Quit looking, you're, gonna, you're just going to exhaust yourself trying to find something. There is nothing. And just simply trust in the little that you have, that there's power in it. With the God you serve. 
Do I need to remind you that He can take a few fish and a few loaves of bread and feed thousands? Amen? And feed thousands. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. I'm done. But while your heads are bowed, I I, I want to ask one question. I want you to listen real, real close. While, While our heads are bowed, I want to ask you one simple question. Are you thankful to God for what you have? I didn't ask you what you didn't have. Amen? I really want to know, are you thankful to God for what you have? Are you always complaining wanting more? Are you always complaining for what you don't have? Amen? Why God give you more when you won't give Him what you already have? Why would God trust you with more when you won't even trust Him with what little you have? You see, we've got to change our way of thinking that we think as God thinks. I don't need much. I got a little and a handful. But with God, that's enough. Amen? With God, that's enough. As they come and get an invitational song ready, and you stand with me all over the house of the Lord, everyone standing. Maybe you're here and you say, you know what, preacher? Whoo, the word preached to me. I just want to come today, and I want to thank God for what I have. I've been in a tailspin. I, I've been searching. I've been looking. I've been complaining. I, I've, been, I've been looking at the glass as half empty when I should be seeing it as half full in God and trusting God with what I have. And today, I want to begin a new way of thinking that I'm going to trust God with what i got. I'm going to trust God with what I've got. That it belongs to Him anyway. Hey, don't forget, he can take away what little you got. Woo, get the Lord a hand. Hallelujah. See, some people don't. <laughs> Alan, some people don't like that. Preach. They'd get rid of me if I said that in some churches. Amen. God take away what you got. So you better trust him with what you have. And thank him for what you have. And stop complaining about what you don't have. Amen. Can I get a witness? Hallelujah. Maybe you just need to come and get heart right with Jesus. Amen. Oh, sometimes we just need to fall on our face and just pour out our confessions to the Lord and get our heart right with the Lord. Maybe you have prayer needs, whatever the needs might be. Altars open as we sing.